Hello, third years. Next instalment, Ireland, 1966 to 2000. So we're going to be looking at this here in terms of who is in power and what they were able to make of the country going forward from 1966. So we have a new Taoiseach and his name is Jack Lynch and he replaced Sean Lamass in 1966. Now, if you remember, he was one of the newer and younger government ministers that had been appointed by Sean Lamass within his government, within his time as Taoiseach. And I did, I think, mention that Jack Lynch was to was going to succeed him as Taoiseach. So he got his day and he is remembered for getting us in to the EEC as it was then, which is it is now known as the EU in 1973. So he got us into the EEC in 1973, and that's how you remember that. And that was a really important step because what did it mean? It meant that Irish farmers benefited in terms of money to improve and upgrade their farms and machinery, which was really important. This thing called the Common Agricultural Policy, even more important, guaranteed Irish farmers high prices for their produce. So if you know that you're going to get, you know, a hundred pounds at the time for, I don't know, the equivalent in kilos of beef, then you are going to make sure that you are producing that much beef every season and that you're going to use the grants that you're going to get from the EEC at the time to improve and upgrade your farm. However, it wasn't all good news because even though the farmers are benefiting, Irish industry was now unable to compete in this new open market within Europe and many factories as a result had to close. So the Juice or the goods or the products that we were being that were being produced here in Ireland in factories, we then were trying to sell them on the open market. That's what the EEC is; it's an open market, um, and we were just not competitive enough. Our goods were way too expensive. We weren't producing enough of them. Like think of a shoe manufacturer in Spain, and they're producing their shoes at very low cost. But our costs here in Ireland were high and that meant that the impact of actually joining the EEC was a negative for the smaller industries here in Ireland and lots closed. Also at the time, in 1969, violence broke out in Northern Ireland where Protestants attacked Catholic areas in Belfast. Riots became part and parcel of everyday life. And in Dublin, some government ministers, the TDs, they wanted Jack Lynch to intervene in the North. However, he refused. He sat back and he said, no, I'm not getting involved. It's way too politically unstable there. However, he did sack two TDs, um, one of them, Charles Hawhey, and the other one, Neil Blaney. Now, your parents will know one, if not both of those names. And believe it or not, these two TDs, Hahi and Blaney, were accused of using, this is just eye-watering, taxpayers' money to import arms in the form of guns and equipment for the nationalists in Northern Ireland who were fighting on the streets. Now, let's just look at that again. You're a TD and you think it would be a really good idea to like buy guns for basically what we're saying here is the IRA in the North at the time, in the early 70s. So they were sacked 
Spotify, Taoiseach, Jack Lynch. There was a trial, infamously known as the Arms Trial. However, they were found not guilty of the offence of illegally importing guns. How did that happen? Well, let's move on. Dark time in Irish society. So the economy, guys, 1973 to 1980. What did Ireland look like if you were living here and trying to earn a crust? So in power in 1973 was a national coalition government that was made up of members of Fianna Gael and the Labour Party. And they were led by Liam Cosgrave. However, events worldwide were having an impact on Ireland because oil prices were soaring due to the Arab-Israeli war. And this led to huge economic problems here in Ireland with inflation, prices rising and unemployment. So to keep the country afloat, this government had to borrow money, but ultimately failed to deal with the problems. They could not control the inflation and they could not provide any new sources of major employment. So these things continued to dog us right up until the 1980s. As a result, usually when people are not happy, they say, well, you know, the present government isn't doing it for us, so we need to get a new government in. And around next general election, 1977, in comes Fianna They win the next election. And what they did to try to improve the economy was to increase spending. However, it helped a little bit. But on the horizon was the second oil crisis, which had the same impacts again. Unemployment began to rise again. So Charles Hawhey, yeah, that was the guy who was sacked as a TD and put on trial for importing arms, but he was found not guilty. He took over from Jack Lynch's Taoiseach in 79, but he failed to cut back on government spending, which, are you getting the picture now? Lending leads to more borrowing, more inflation, and more unemployment. So things are not going very well. Now, something that was a positive was that in 1973, I will be looking at this again when we look at Northern Ireland, something called the Sunningdale Agreement was reached between the Irish government the Unionists in the North and also the SDLP party in the North as well. So we will be coming back to that. Now, again, Ireland in the 1980s, what did it look like? Well, it was fairly grey, high unemployment, high emigration and inflation. People in the 1980s used to get the bus to England just, just think about that there. So they would get on a bus in their hometowns. The bus would bring them to Dublin Port. The bus would drive onto the ferry. It took about maybe nearly three days, I think. And that's what an awful lot of people who emigrated in the 1980s, they didn't just go to England, they went to America. And some to this day haven't returned. So to deal with these economic problems, the government decided to cut back on spending in the areas of health and education. Now, we're still living with those legacies. You know, is there a hospital crisis? Never mind Corona. You know, were there ever enough hospital beds? No. To add to the problems then, the EEC imposed something called milk quotas. Now, a quota is something that limits um, the production of any good. Or a quota is a number, it's a magic number that you must reach and must not go above. So farmers' incomes were reduced. Now, that meant that when you were a farmer producing milk 
and selling it then here in Ireland that prior to this milk quota being introduced, you could produce as much milk as you wanted and you'd get paid. You'd get paid for X amount of litres that you were producing. However, now the EEC had to cut back and they said to farmer A, now your quota of milk is, you know, 500 litres every week. Farmer B, because you have a small number of cattle, your quota is 250 litres of milk every week. And anything above that, you will not get paid for. So people were literally, they were throwing milk down the drains because it was useless. They weren't getting paid for it. It's an awful lot of smaller cattle farms, smaller dairy farmers, then they sold their quota, if you like, to a larger farmer. And he was able to continue because the smaller farmer just couldn't make a living from it. However, light on the horizon in the form of something that Charlie Hahi actually did. So in 1987, under the leadership of Hahi, things began to improve. So what did he do? He entered into this partnership agreement with workers and the workers were given tax cuts in return for lower wage increases over three years. So they accepted this. They, they accepted that they were going to earn very little in terms of wage increases, but they would have more money in their pocket because they weren't paying as much tax. The second thing the government did was they tightened its own spending. And over time, then these measures, the economy began to improve. The Celtic tiger had finally roared into town. Couldn't help myself there. So employment by sector from 1973 to 2003. So 1973, we have quite a sizable number employed in agriculture, then industry, and then the services sector. Now, that's the one that really booms. So, you know, from geography, the tertiary industry or the service industry are your taxi drivers, are your hairdressers, are your people who work in the shops, are your people who provide any sort of service to you and for you, but also the service industry, then the likes of the, um, the big computer companies and uh, the tech industries and the call centers, they all began to really, really take off. So Ireland in the 1990s, so an explosion in the Irish economy. The positives of this were full employment. Now, there was, you know, people who hadn't worked in 25 years, they didn't automatically walk into a job. But if they had wanted to work, there were jobs there. Economic migrants come here to Ireland to work, possibly for the first time in the foundation of the state. So we have an influx of people from Eastern Europe. And this then led to a population increase. The negatives, however, is that prices rose very sharply, as did the cost of living. If you ask your parents or anybody a little bit older than you, uh, the price of houses went absolutely through the roof. And there was a building boom. There were houses being built everywhere and all over Ireland. Um, also, the thing to do was seemingly some people invested in apartments in overseas in the likes of Spain and Bulgaria and Portugal. And it was even said that Irish estate agents here used to fly people um, for trips over to see and view these apartments. That was real. Celtic tiger living. Unfortunately, another negative was the gap between the rich and the poor widened and the quality of life was affected by long commutes and brutal 
traffic congestion. Nothing like being on the M50 in the old days, I can tell you. There ended the lesson. Stay safe.